coming from America and then going to a hospital in China is completely different. I had a lot of background experience working in the birth world, but it was definitely an entirely new experience. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Carmen, and I'm a certified breastfeeding counselor. And I'm Ruth Green, an international birth doula. And this is the Having a Baby in China podcast. Hey, so excited to be here today recording our first podcast. And I thought that we could start out with just the background of where Having a Baby in China came about. Speaking of that background, that actually goes back to kind of the background of yours and my relationship, Jacqueline. Hmm. We, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How's well, that? Well, <laughs> we met in 2008. And just a little bit after that, you guys became pregnant with your second child. And you were telling my husband and I about this website that you had just created called HavingABabyInChina.com. And we thought that was super cool. So it's kind of one of the first things I knew about you guys. So back in 2005... When I got pregnant with my first, um, my husband and I were living in southern China and not very many foreigners. We didn't have a lot of connections, so we really weren't sure what having a baby in China looked like. My husband, being tech savvy, and he reached out on a forum or something. I don't even know. Maybe we should ask him. (laughs) He could more specific (laughs) details but yeah he wrote this looking like in search of help of how we're pregnant and what what we needed to know actually we didn't hear anything from that but then actually people responded years late you know following that post asking, oh yeah, we're pregnant. How did you, what did you do? How did you get help? And so then when we uh, got pregnant with our second and we noticed like all these people reaching out to us for help, we thought, well, why don't we come up with this website? So yeah, that's how having a baby in China.com was born. (laughs) It's funny to think back to 2005 and how little information there was on the internet back then to put out like a request for help and then have no response. But then when you're pregnant with your second child, going back and looking at that and and seeing all these other people looking for the same help you guys had been looking for. And and then now you had the experience that you could kind of share. It's crazy to even like think about like now we have Everyone has a smartphone and everyone has WeChat here and like social media is super crazy. Back in 2005, there wasn't <laughs> that. So yeah, it's kind of funny to to think back on that and how times have changed, even how much China has changed since 2005. <laughs> Very true. What What did the website look like at first? Like what was the information that you first posted out there? Hmm, that's a really good question, and I don't know that I even remember. <laughs> Definitely very simple, a very simple website. I think I had like our birth story, and I I'm sure we had some kind of links toward you know like the embassy. We being Americans, I'm sure we had like maybe you know pointed people to, to the direction of you know the U.S. embassy website so they could figure out how to get how to apply for the certified report of birth broad. Yeah. yeah. 
And then I'm, I, I know that we started to share some cultural things that you would expect to see when going through the hospital, just, you know, coming from America and then going to a, a hospital in China is completely different. You know, one where in China you are expected to carry around your own health, you know, medical records, where in America, the doctor's office always had the medical records, you know, in their office. So that's something different. Also having to pay individually and then going to, so you pay to see the doctor, then you go see the doctor and then the doctor says, okay, get these tests and then you go pay for the tests and then you go get the tests. So all these, you know, trying to our best to talk through and walk through that process so people would be a little more aware of what that would look like when you do go into a a public hospital in China. So one of the first things that we had on the website was a vocabulary list because at the time my husband and I didn't have insurance and so we needed to go to a public hospital and so they didn't have anyone that spoke English so That's what I did for the nine months was practice and learn pregnancy vocabulary. And so, yeah, that was like a big feature on our our website at the beginning was this pretty comprehensive list of pregnancy vocab lists. And that's now grown. I remember with my second pregnancy, downloading that list and sitting with my tutor going over it. And then I would ask additional questions of like, how to say the cord is wrapped around the neck or whatever. And so I memorized the list and then I discussed it with the tutor and then I added my own words and then I brought that back to Jeremy and added to the list. And then a few years after that, other people added to it. It's been a real community effort. It's pretty cool. And now there's even, if you check it out, you can play and you can hear someone pronounce the words so you, in, if you struggle with pronunciation, that can be a useful tool. So for those of you who are listening today and aren't familiar with the website, you can just go to www.havingababyinchina.com. And that's actually where our company, Having a Baby in China Consulting Services, sprung out of. So Jacqueline and Jeremy Carmen started the website in 2008 And we met that same year, and then you guys had your second child, and we had our first child the following year. And a couple years after that, I became a birth doula. And so it has been kind of the shared passion of ours over the years, so that this year in May, we opened a fully Chinese company called Having a Baby in China Consulting Services. And the website is much more robust. It has dozens of hospital listings across China so people can search by their city and find what hospitals might be around them. It has that vocabulary list that we were mentioning that has now many more vocabulary. It has an expert blog with different experts' opinions on different topics over the years. Lots of birth stories and vlogs and all sorts of things. So make sure you check out that website. Well, I know we don't want to make this first podcast too long, but why don't you take a moment, Jacqueline, and tell us about what your family looks like today. You mentioned you had your first in 2005. Now it's 2022. So my journey started, my husband and I moved to China in 2004. 
We got pregnant in 2005. We got pregnant again in 2008. My husband and I, since then, ha- now we have five children. Um, we gave birth to four of them here in China. We've I've experienced public, local hospital, local, private hospital, also a international hospital. My last baby, number five, was born at an international hospital. My one baby, I did go home. We moved back to our home country and I actually was able to have a home birth. And that is a story, an adventure all in its own. Through giving birth, I wanted to breastfeed my children and did not think it would be as hard as it was. <laughs> I suffered through my first one, encountered so many problems, but by some miracle, we figured it out and went on and had a wonderful breastfeeding relationship journey. With my second, I was surprised to encounter not even the same breastfeeding issues as I did with my first, but so thankful to have had a close friend who lived in my city come alongside me and teach me a lot. And then I became super passionate about breastfeeding. Since then, I just was helping others on their breastfeeding journeys. But then It was just when I got pregnant with my fifth baby in 2018 that I went ahead and I got certified as a breastfeeding counselor. And I am now working towards, hopefully, one day sit for the IBCLC exam. And that's the story of the Carmens. <laughs> <laughs> So our stories kind of intertwine. In fact, we kind of laugh because for the first maybe five years that we knew each other, one of us was always pregnant or breastfeeding. So you had your second and then we had our first Then we had. No, then you had your third. We had our second and you had your fourth. So as I mentioned earlier, we met in 2008 and you had your second in 2009 and then we had our first in 2010 and you and our mutual friend really walked alongside me in that journey. I had a lot of background experience working in the birth world but it was definitely an entirely new experience doing it myself and we're just such an encouragement and Valerie helped me with breastfeeding and you helped me with the birth. I remember you showing up. <laughs> we'll talk more about cultural things but I remember you showing up As soon as the baby was born and I was kept in recovery for two hours for observation and I went up to the birth room and you were sitting there waiting with McDonald's milkshakes because that is what I had like requested. <laughs> and then I got in trouble with my students because like we posted pictures of me after the birth and I'm sitting there like drinking milkshakes and you're not supposed to have cold in China around childbirth or pregnancy or periods or anything and so they're like you can't drink milkshakes but you were there supporting me with the milkshakes as soon as my baby was born <laughs> and then I had my second at the same hospital those that was both of them were born at a local private hospital here in Qingdao my third was born at a international hospital here in Qingdao with an amazing international doctor who was Korean and had worked across the world and was 
another just really great influence in my life. And then our fourth was born in America due to visa renewals and timing with all of that in 2019. So I became a doula after my second and before my third. So after having my second, I went on to help people around me give birth in the local hospital, mainly through translation. That was my first kind of reason for being in the hospital room. But I was so inspired by how my experiences and my familiarity with the hospital and the practices and all of that was able to equip them to have an empowering birth experience, even though it didn't go according to plan. And I wanted, at the, at the same time as I felt like it was really great that I could be there, I felt quite ill-equipped. And so I wanted to go on to get education and training to be a better support to people in the community. So in 2014, I started training as a birth doula with Donut International, and I was certified in 2017. And I am now recertifying through Childbirth International and also co-certifying through their childbirth education program. So yeah, we're Jacqueline and I both just love learning and we're always studying and learning and listening to podcasts and working together with other birth workers across China because we just are so passionate about helping people get the information and support they need to have great birth experiences and great breastfeeding experiences. The whole thing, right? Yeah. To me, when I say a birth experience, I don't mean just birth. I mean that whole transition to parenthood. So like my language is to say birth because that's the world I work in. And Jacqueline's is to say breastfeeding because that's the world she works in. But actually, it's really kind of one experience and we work in tandem together to help our clients. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely our passion at having a baby in China to come alongside people and help educate and support and enable. Empower. Empower. Yes, to come alongside people to educate and empower and support, especially as being in a foreign country and not possibly knowing the language and the culture and not having family around sometimes, doing it ourselves, we see a huge need and I just, my heart goes out. I felt super alone when I went through, especially with my first, and I want to mitigate that for as many people as I, as I can. And we both believe that information is really powerful. And so when someone makes a choice, whatever they might decide about their birth or their feeding preferences for their child, that is their right to decide it. But our passion is about making sure that they have the tools so that they make an informed decision and the decision that's best for their family and their situation. So they don't feel guilt if they're dealing with a, a low milk supply and they, they need to add formula, but that they have somebody walking alongside them and helping them to do that in order for them and their child or children to thrive. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's a little bit about the origins of having a baby in China and about us. And we look forward to bringing you many more episodes on a variety of topics here in the future. Thanks for listening. Bye.
hopefully your husband can make all this like a little bit more <laughs> smooth. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna laugh so hard. He's gonna kill us. <laughs>